let's make something clear. I'm not yet a profitable trader, but by launching my blog, desiretotrade.com, I've made the commitment to succeed in trading and to help others succeed in trading. Now, in the coming few weeks, I'll be launching something pretty interesting. It's not going to be a software. It's not going to be something automated, something that will make a difference in your life as a trader. I want to provide a good environment for people to succeed in trading. And that's what I'm working on right now. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast, but you can check this out and subscribe if you want to get more news about it. And on that note, I hope you'll enjoy the show. You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. Hi, everyone. For episode six of the Desire to Trade podcast, I've had another great interview with this time Randy Orwell. He is the author of Mindful Trading, one of the best trading books according to many traders. And he talked about a lot of things, including beliefs, how you can evolve as a trader, what's the condition you must develop as a trader, what's the trader's state of mind, and he shares his best advice on new trader. He also talked about the difference between men and women when it comes to trading, which I found pretty interesting. Randy coaches a lot of people from trader to golfer, to virtually anyone. So you shared a lot of great advice, and I really hope you'll like it. If you like the show so far, it's been six episodes, so if you like the show so far, please leave us a review. It would help a lot, definitely. So go leave a review, enjoy the show, and if you want to know anything about me, if you want to send me a message, ask me a question, anything, check out desiretotrade.com, and you'll get all the resources there. You'll be able to send me an email straight away. All right, so thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. Why don't you start just by telling us about what you do these days? What do I do these days? Well, I do a number of things. Is right now I am teaching a group class where I'm teaching the basic protocol of what I do of emotional intelligence where you learn emotional regulation, mindfulness, and what I call applied mindfulness. I'm teaching that, and I teach a number of individual clients who, uh, you know, basically what they're doing is they're getting a lot of personalized attention about how to deal with their fear and how to turn toward it and how to transform that fear into higher functioning states. And I'm also developing a protocol for golfers right now, too. So there you go. All that has to do with mindfulness, I guess, at the beginning, right? Oh, absolutely. Mindfulness and emotional regulation. So could you tell us a little bit, basically, what is mindfulness and emotional regulation afterward? Yeah, mindfulness is a recognition that you and your thoughts, you and your beliefs are not the same. And that, in fact, you do, you do not have thoughts and beliefs. They have you. And what happened is in your mindlessness, you have just been drifting on these currents of life for a long time. And trading will just absolutely has a way of waking you up because it robs money out of you if you just mindlessly drift on the currents of life. But what, ha what happens is in stepping back out of that, you begin to say, well, you know something – I don't have to believe and stay fused to this set, this set of beliefs. What I can do is I can step back out of it and I can begin to examine uh, 
whether or not that's actually an effective belief system or an effective way of, um, of thought. And that, in fact, in mindfulness, what you discover is that your brain has organized you into a particular organization of a self, that there is no I, there is a particular organization. And in mindfulness, you get to step back and say, what is the organization itself that I'm bringing into this moment? When you get to that, you really begin to see that, oh, my God, I've been bringing the wrong self into trading and that in the same way biologically that there is neural plasticity in mindfulness, you discover that the self can be reorganized. And they're they're one and the same. Neural plasticity and the reorganization of self are the same. What most people discover as they become mindful is the mind that they have brought to trading is not going to be the mind that produces success in trading, but that mind can be designed to embrace probability rather than certainty. That's what I would call mindfulness. What is uh, emotional regulation? Yes, it does go along with it, but what happens is that emotional regulation is developing the capacity to regulate the intensity of an emotion like if you take fear, which is very common in trading, is that if it's at a low level, it can be managed, it can be worked with. But as it starts cranking up, it takes over the mind. It just hijacks the mind. And in regulation, what you're doing is you're stopping it from getting so intense that it takes over and hijacks mind, which is what happens when you see people do revenge trading, when you see people hesitating, not getting into trades, or when you see people jumping out of trades that they really needed to stay in. If you, were ready, if you were to regulate that emotion, it wouldn't have the chance of taking over mind. And probably in what, you were ta- what we're talking about is that all emotion is biological, okay? It is not psychological. It takes over psychology. And because it's biological, each emotion has a signature of breath, the way you breathe, the way you hold tension and your heart rate. And if you look at fear, it's going to stop you from breathing. Okay, it's going to stop breath. All right, and all you're going to be doing is panning at the very top. It's going to tense your muscles ready to run, to flee, to avoid. And your heart rate's going to accelerate to be able to produce the oxygen and the food that your body needs to escape. That may be good from escaping from a saber toothed tiger, but it is a terrible thing to do when you're managing uncertainty and you don't know what's going to happen. So if you alter the breath so that it's diaphragmatic and you're breathing into the abdomen and then expanding the chest, it's going to stop the capacity of fear to maintain itself. If you relax the body of tension, it's also going to stop the capacity for the emotion of fear to rev itself up. And as you do that, you're going to slow down the heart rate, which is the same thing, is that the, the, uh, the heart rate can't work in union with breath and with tension to produce fight-flight. Because ultimately, the trader is doing everything he can to stay away from fight-flight response to, uh, to the unknown. And you're looking for a very tight window of where your mind is alert, it's focused and ready but the body, the body has not been activated to flee or to, uh, to fight. That's what emotional regulation does for you. I would like you to tell us what is the right trader state of mind exactly. 
Well, the right trader state of mind is one that allows you to extract capital consistently out of the markets. Okay. And over time, what we've basically discovered is that the emotional state that governs the way you think that is able to do that is rooted in disciplined impartiality. Uh, both those are emotional state. Discipline is an emotional state. This maintains order of the self under pressure. Uh, impartiality is allows you to think clearly. And what you have to be able to do when you're doing that, you are both calm, you are patient, but you were focused and you were ready. Okay. Uh, that's the mind you're looking for. If there's a tinge of fear in there, the impartiality is absolutely wiped away very quickly. If there is overconfidence there, what, what I would call testosterone and dopamine, the, the ability of being disciplined is not there because all of a sudden you're seeing and with all that enthusiasm and all that kind of like um, irrational exuberance, what you're doing is you're, you're, the emotional state's causing you to minimize the actual risk that you would have if you were in an impartial uh, mind looking at risk. Same thing that happened at the whale and JP Morgan several years ago when they evaporated $8 billion. And then from the point you start out trading to the point where you have the right state of mind, what happened between those two times? What happened? Uh, you transformed. <laughs> so how you moved transformation happen? Uh, training. You know, and it's uh, most people learn a lot better with a mentor. But the, the main thing is you go through a process of you train the body of from decades and decades and decades of reactive emotional nature. I mean, understand if you're 50 years old, you have 45, 47 years of persistent habituation of reacting in a particular way that is going to have to be retrained. That's the first real step in trading is you have to do all that retraining. And then you have to redevelop the mind is that the mind that um, you know, what your brain does is when it is born into circumstance, it organizes you to be successful in the short term in that environment. And when you take the person out of the environment they are adapted to, they're going to reproduce the conditions of, uh, of that environment again because that's what they're adapted to do. In trading, what you're doing is you're saying, no, I need to change that adaptation of the way that I see the markets. And that's what really what happens is you have to move from a certainty mindset for survival to a probability-based mindset for trading. And literally, the mind that you need for trading is pretty much 180 degrees opposite of the brain and mind that was designed by evolution for, to survive in the moment. It, it, it but that's what you evolved to, and that's what the really great traders have done. They think in probability, and they don't think in outcomes. You're not going to see a professional trader looking at trades and going, oh, my God, I, did, I lost that one. I lost that one. I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What they're doing is, did I perform well? Did I, did I control the process that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I controlling the mind that I'm bringing into the moment of performance? If they did, they know that their methodology is going to give them an edge and that they will get their, they will extract capital out of the markets. If you have an untrained mind, as you take those losses, what happens is you start becoming fearful that you're not going to win and you get all messed up. 
and corollary, if you go on a streak and start winning, you start getting overconfident and you think you can't lose. So it's this, it's this very tightly focused little place of uh, discipline and partiality that you train yourself to that allows you to embrace and engage uncertainty and probability. And that is a big shift from the mind that you bring to trading. And what condition must the trader create in order to uh, succeed better? So is there anything the trader can do to uh, help himself in the, in the process? Oh, sure. Right off the bat, they can start learning how to um, become very mindful of their breathing, mindful of their body. Most okay. people never watch their bodies, and they're, they're shocked to find out that they have an accelerated uh, pulse rate, they have really tense bodies, and they're not breathing. And they don't first associate that with a very inadequate mind for trading. But that, that's the setup for fear, okay, or for revenge, anger. And so you're already seeing that when you observe that, you can interrupt it. And you don't have to be sucked into it so easily. And a lot of traders get a lot of benefit out of that. But developing a mindfulness practice and then starting to develop uh, the ability to observe thought, that, that takes a little more training. That, that's not something that is going to be so easily – That's not something you're going to do at home by reading a book, okay? And I get plenty of people that read my book and say, oh, man, I've learned all this stuff. And I get, I get lots of accolades, people writing me saying, Randy, this has really changed. And I wonder, yeah, but are you, are you extracting capital out of the markets by reading my book? Usually, it just takes more than a book. It takes specified training to be able to retrain the brain to perceive differently. And if you were to look at it, from a neurological standpoint, is ultimately um, you have never seen the markets. What happens is that your brain is taking sensorial information from your senses. It organizes it into a virtual representation of the markets based on your belief system. Okay, That is what you're projecting onto the markets That is when you're looking at the health of your trading account. You are looking at the effectiveness of that virtual representation to extract capital out of the markets. You know, it's not right. The markets don't care. You know, they can't discern that you have the right interpretation. You don't see and then believe. You believe something and then you see it. And so when you, when you get really, when you really nose down and saying, I need to be looking at my beliefs about what I believe about my ability and capacity to manage uncertainty, to engage the unknown. Am I going to be okay with it? Am I going to mess up or am I going to make a mistake or am I okay with performance? That's what you can do that. It's just, to me, I've just found that it's a lot easier with training rather than just um, deciding that you're going to have a set of beliefs and believing that you're going to believe that because ultimately Your performance beliefs are revealed about how you perform under pressure. That's the ticket. So would that mean you don't, you don't recommend looking at uh, a trader's trading account too often? Or would that be like a source of discouragement or a source of, uh, of, of failure? I guess? No, what I would actually rather say if you're, taking a, if you're taking a look at your trading account 
you need to listen to your trading account the way you would listen to a close friend. If your equity curve is growing, then the virtual representation that you have of the markets is effective. If it's not growing, what you're learning, it's not, a, it's not bad about you. It's just the mind in terms of beliefs that you're bringing to interpret the markets through is not effective. And you need to root out those beliefs and need, you need to work with them and change them so that your belief structure allows you to see the markets differently. I mean, it goes down as, as simple as that surfers. One of my clients is a portfolio manager in Australia, and he's a surfer. And he surfs big, pretty good sized waves, waves that would just, I would never even think about getting in the water with. But what happens is what, when he's surfing and what helped him out so much was recognizing that the wave, just like the markets, don't recognize he's even there. The wave is just absolutely indiscriminate. It could care less. And it's not meant to cause him fear. It's not meant to cause him joy. It's just a wave. And yet, the mind, based on whether or not he's disciplined and impartial about finding the right entry point, about his skills, about getting up in the wave, allows him to either have a good ride on that wave equity growth or a winning trade <clears throat> or a crash and burn where he's sucked into a 30-foot wave and devoured for a while. He learns to have humble confidence and he learns to find out what is the ocean willing to give me rather than what am I going to take. That's really what makes a great trader is that they, they really are not trying to take anything. They realize that that's the way to get hurt. And they realize that they need to be dancing and in tune with the market. And the market will show them what the market is willing to give. That's, that's about as close as I can come to it. And how would someone go about changing his belief when the belief are not aligned with uh, the proper mindset? Well, first of all, you have to find the operating belief. A lot of people who initially first get into trading, a lot of guys in particular, have so much testosterone running in them that they will not face their fears. They will not face their anxiety. Okay. They've always been able to, you know, bluster themselves and stuff like that. But when they get into trading, they find themselves going to pieces and they blame all sorts of things, but they don't, they don't look at it and go, what is the belief system behind my performance that's creating this fear? And the self-honesty, which is to me the, the biggest thing, is you start honestly looking at yourself and saying, you know something, I see that I have a fear of the unknown. And to me, that's the biggest fear. You know, you can talk a lot about fears, you know, uh, revenge trading where, you, you know, trying to get your money back, the fear of uh, missing out, you know, the fear of loss, blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, it all boils down to an inherent fear of the unknown. And that's just human. And the difference is, are you going to recreate the observer of the self that goes to that unknown? And instead of triggering to fear, are you going to trigger to curious concern? Okay. And it requires, you know, I've seen traders do it by themselves. I've seen it take 10, 15 years to do it. I've seen traders take two or three years to do it with mentorship with other people who know how to do this 
and know how to teach regulation. They know how to teach the mindfulness and they know how to root out the belief systems, expose them, and then start doing the hard work of reconstructing belief system. That, but that's how you do it. Have you coached many women for training? Well, not nearly, not not nearly as many as men. But I can tell you this: is that women, uh, what I call estrogen biological units, they do not have the same problem that the testosterone crowd has. Is that they don't have any of that stupid risk mentality built into them, and they can make incredibly good traders because they've got estrogen there, and they're not thinking about manliness they're not thinking about hitting the home run they're just thinking about doing well uh they can become very good traders i've seen i've seen during the course of a year i may see a hundred men and i'll only see like five women okay but the women uh the women as a group easily come to outperform the men and they're not nearly as tough to work with they don't have fragile egos like most men And what do you think would be the main uh, weakness that women have to work on? The major weakness generally is pleasing others. I've seen a number of women who they really don't want to be wrong. They're the ones that fall in perfectionism. And they decided, you know, if I only please him, if I only do everything right, then uh, same thing in women in love. If I only, I only please him, if I do everything right, then he'll love me. And you know, that makes a very bad trader. Okay. And... Ultimately, once they get over their perfectionism of recognizing that you could do everything right and still be wrong in trading, it's a game of probabilities where you should have an edge. And once they grasp that, man, they're off to the races. Um, like I said, they, there's none of this having to prove the self. There's none of there's none of this bravado stuff that gets in a woman's uh, ability to trade. For uh, either a new trader or someone who is losing money today. What's the thing you would recommend doing that they can apply right now in trading? Well, usually when I start working with traders, first of all, my program is built upon trading live so that we want to teach under the environment that you need to be learning in. What I do with traders who are having problems, you know, who are literally losing money, the first thing I do is I want them to scale back so they have minimum risk. At the same time, they can feel the emotions. You know, there's no reason to be trading five contracts and getting a load of fear when one contract can produce enough fear for us to work with. Okay. And the main thing is to scale down until you can manage that particular area. Then you start scaling back up. And again, a lot of people have difficulty probably What I do with um, extended study folks is they are they are sizing up, and what they discover is that as they start, you know, as they go from one to two to three, and then multiples of three or four trades uh, uh, contracts and up, what they discover it's each time they move up, they uh, it's kind of like a whole new psychology that they have to deal with because yeah, it's kind of the same. You can say in trading, well, you know, it's only more zeros. That's all it means. But you're still risking more capital, and um, that capital is really associated with your sense of security and your sense of power in the world. And people will get decompensated as they move up if they if they don't do it in a structured way that allows them to grow and to grow and to grow. They just don't jump 
from one level to the, ne- the next without trying. But if you're already losing money, guy, find a better teacher. And what I basically say is this, is that if you make money in simulation and when you go and you risk money, when you risk money, you start losing, then it's very clear it's the psychology that's the problem. It's the performance psychology that's the problem. Uh, those people, um, they can either tough it out and they, they can – they can t- have a very long, steep learning curve to get to the uh, to get to the top, or they can, or, or they can find a psychological coach, a performance coach, that helps them them with the belief system behind their poor poor performance. And that that's, for instance, what I do. Uh, very few people have real wisdom. Uh, very few people recognize that. Uh, that they their psychology that they came to trading with is not going to work, and they keep believing that I'm going to get over this hump, I'm going to get over this hump, I'm going to get over this hump. So most of the people that I see have been trading for five or ten years, and usually uh, they've either lost, oh God, anywhere from fifty thousand to five million dollars, and they finally figured out that they themselves are the problem in their trading. It's not something else, and they're not going to bulldoze their way through to success. Or on the other hand, there's people who have been scratch traders for five years, and they realize that they're stuck at scratch unless they can get at the uh, scarcity thinking that sits below the performance of uh, scratch trading. I get a lot of people who blow up all their capital and then say, Randy, I didn't. I thought what you were you were doing was just all BS and stuff like that. But now, I, now that I see it, I really I understand now. And geez, uh, would you like would would you take a charity case? And and I say, no, I'm a capitalist. I'm you know, this costs money. Okay, but I guess you still get a lot of clients. So uh, probably people see a lot of value in it. Yeah, you know, you know, if you're trading. And if you've lost uh, $1,000, if you've lost 3500 if you've lost $5,000, and or if you haven't just lost it, or you've just left it on the table, uh, you, you see the value in, in emotional intelligence work that allows you to quit losing that kind of money and to also um, take more money off the table. And they see it and go, well, you know, the thing is I can keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again, thinking that I'm going to become a better trader over time. Or I can recognize that I'm stuck in a pattern, and that pattern's not going to change. That comfort zone's not going to change until I develop the skills to change it. And most people just simply don't have the skills by themselves to change um, highly adapted uh, neural patterns that trigger and take over mind. They they just don't have it. And my, I used to try to talk people into it, and I no longer do that anymore. I discover that um, traders will find their own level of pain, and uh, until they find that pain, they're not going to listen. So, well, that's what we see among traders. Like we, we always say, uh, it would have been a much better investment to pay someone directly right from the beginning to learn how to do it right than to spend many years trying to do it by yep. yourself. So for sure, for sure that's worth yep. it. I want to talk now about uh, your website and your book. 
So you have a great website with a lot of free a lot stuff. of free stuff. I have what is known as a content rich website. When you go there, first thing is is that um, depending on where you are in trading, from beginner to highly experienced, is I have a free ebook that you know as you come to the website, you know there's there's this little thing you can, there's this little button you can hit that says free ebook, and it's a compilation. I've got. Uh, 160 pages of articles that I've written over the years, and it goes over practically it goes over every aspect of trading, and people get it, and it's it's really good material. I also um, have 10 or 15 articles that you know I've I've either written for the website for other people that are on there, and I've also got. Uh, I have a YouTube, I have a YouTube channel that I have a lot of embedded videos on that I've done over 50 videos. So, I mean, the moment that you hit one video, I mean, people, people will spend hours on my website and as a learning experience and it, it's all free at that moment. That's, that's the free part. Yeah. It's like a full school basically on a website. So it's worth checking it out for yeah. sure. What's the what's the address of the website? Again? It is uh, www.mytraderstateofmind.com. And I want to talk a little bit more about your book, uh, the famous mindful. Trading. Yeah, could you tell us a little bit more about what's in it? Yeah, mindful trading is very unique in the way that it's written, in that it's written from being inside the head of a trader. Okay, and it starts out with uh, a trader being just a bull in a china shop. He's blowing things up. He doesn't know why, and he's frustrated and about to quit. And then it goes through a process. You know, I'm using the, the vignettes of real traders going through as they began to open up and develop the emotional regulation, the mindfulness, the internal dialogue, the empowered dialogues uh, as, they, as they're doing through that. You're seeing them improve, and you're seeing the same group of traders at the end becoming consistently profitable traders. And in it, so I'm using, you know, traders, traders' stories are driving. So this is actually very dramatic. People say, Randy, it's like you just looked right inside my mind. How could this be happening to other people? But what I'm doing is I'm also explaining how the brain adapts and takes on certain beliefs. I'm, I'm, Talking, I'm showing about how adaptation to circumstances work and attachment works and how you go about rewiring the brain and its beliefs to produce a mind that embraces uncertainty and the unknown rather than being angry or of trying to avoid the uncertainty and the unknown, but literally the mind of probability that embraces it. Really powerful book. Um, and there's also a um, there's a workbook that comes with it. That basically, um, I kept having people ask me for a workbook that goes with the book and saying, well, Randy, I'm never going to take one of your courses, but it, it'd be really nice to have a workbook that went along with your, uh, along with your book. So I ended up creating that. And I also have some what I call relative, uh, really inexpensive guided meditations, about six of them, that go along with that. And those are things that. You know, even traders that are, you know, with a small like $5,000 account or less 
up to like a $25,000, $30,000 account could easily afford and it's going to help them. And, you know, as your account size grows or if your asset level uh, allows you, I have the I have the group course and I have the individual course that are, you know, that actually I go in and I actually teach you how to rebuild a mine for probability thinking and one from a group perspective and the other from an individual perspective where, you know, you get individual mentorship. You see me 10 times over a course of four months and it's deeply involved. It's, it's highly personal, highly personal course, but lots of stuff. And all the information for these courses are on your website? I guess. Lots and lots and lots. Yes, lots and lots. Do you have any future plan or any announcement you want to make? Well, I'm going to be in Denver this coming Friday. I'm, I'm going to a conference and, and uh, being there. But um, the one thing I've basically discovered, Em, is that um, I started noticing about a year or so ago that many of my clients play golf. Okay. And they started applying my technology to their golf game. And they started becoming much better golfers. Um, and a long time ago, before I started working exclusively with traders and financial people, I used to also work with golfers. I mean, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, which has an unbelievable amount of golf courses around here and a lot of money. Um, so it was a, you know, it's a good place to focus. But what I've discovered as I've really gotten, as I started going, I'm curious about this. And I, I've discovered that the golf mind and the trader's mind are very, very similar is that both require you to let go of outcome. You can't make the damn shot sink, you know, and you have to, uh, you have to develop a, a process mind that uh, is focused on how you perform in the moment and what beliefs you're bringing into that moment to manage uncertainty. And so out of that, um, we have now begun to develop a curriculum And we're long ways from being ready with it, but um, uh, we're developing a curriculum for uh, for the golf mind that is based on the same uh, the same precepts as uh, as the um, trader's mind work is. And for any of those out in the know, is that in trader psychology, trader psychology does not really get at. I mean, um, sports psychology does not get at the belief that's driving performance very well. It kind of just wants you to ignore that belief for a moment. Whereas in my work, what I'm teaching people to do is to turn toward the discomfort of the self-learning belief and to transform it. So anyway, it'll be interesting. And I'm in a very good location to start a new chapter. I'll never stop working with you know active investors, whether or not they're traders or portfolio managers. But at the same time, what I recognize is that um, there are other audiences that this particular kind of technology can be applied to and where you have a, um, I think what's driven most of my success when working with traders is that there is one thing that cuts through all bullshit. It's called your trading account. It will not lie to you. It will, it, it will, it will expose the truth to you whether or not you like it or not. And in the same way, in trading, your score and how it relates to 
uh, cracking 100, cracking scratch, or whether or not you're under par, those scores tell you the effectiveness you are as a golfer. So I've got a I've got a black and white barometer on each side that allows me to uh, get at the core beliefs a lot easier. But I think I like the idea. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And you know, in the same way, it's really interesting is that I don't play golf and I don't particularly like golf, but I have become fascinated about how difficult it is to get your head, the putter and that little ball lined up together to get into a hole. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. Is there anything you want to mention to Trader before I ask you one last question? No, I think we've covered it. I think it's, uh, you've done a very thorough job of, uh, you've gotten on the website, you know the stuff there, you know there's some free stuff there, and you know that, uh, and ultimately, if people are serious about trading and they want to explore me, is uh, they need to get past all the free stuff and they need to at least get to mindful trading. And most people who read that book end up reading it three or four times back to back and they will highlight it and then they underline it. Then they take notes all over it. And uh, I think that's why it's one of the go-to books in trading because they just go, oh my God, he actually is showing me not just what the mind should look like, but he's actually showing me how you go about building the mind that can perform well and the circumstance of uncertainty. So you've covered all that. So we're good to go. So I want to ask you one, my last question. Sure. If you could give only one sentence of advice for a new trader, what would that one sentence be? Get a good teacher. Learn methodology very well. What I get is that I will see a lot of people who are self-taught and they, um, they could have cut a lot of uh, time finding a really good trader And a really good trader who teaches is one who shows you his score. He actually shows you his equity curve. He doesn't have to make money off of uh, people's the butts in his room. He could make money simply because he's a good trader. He just likes to teach also. You're looking for a guy like that. Uh, and when you do that, that's the first important thing to me. And then the second most important thing to me is that when you come to the moment of where you're profitable in simulation and you move to live trading and you see that you're not, I would spend some money developing the psychological skills that go along with the knowledge skills that you've learned. You will cut out five years of frustration if you do that. I do like my traders to be successful in simulation before they come to me. That way I know for sure that it's performance anxiety that's the problem. And at the same time, I also work with traders who are, are just, you know, having anxiety attacks in simulation too. If you get a, get a hold of a good teacher, and generally it takes a couple years to, to get that knowledge, two to five years. And then when you start going live and start risking capital, see what happens. And don't trust the BS of that there's a holy grail out there is that, M, you are the holy grail. Uh, it's in the rough. It has to be developed, but you are the holy grail. And it's worth investing in. I agree with that for sure. All right, so thanks for that, Trent. It's been fun. If you guys want to know more about that show, you can simply go to desiretotrade.com forward slash Randy, R-A-N-D-E. 
you'll get all the information, all the resources we mentioned on that show. So go check that out and I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.